Welcome to Co-Designed, a podcast looking at teaching, learning, and the student experience. Co-Designed is a podcast brought to you by the Center for Teaching and Learning on the Manchester campus of Southern New Hampshire University. For more information or with any questions, please contact Lynn Murray Chandler via email at ctl at snhu.edu. Today's original opening theme music is Chill Vibe, recorded and created by Madison Blazjowski, a sport management major from Old Weathersfield, Connecticut. Today's episode of Co-Design features host Amanda Goyette speaking with Rita Naughton, Lee Schwartz, and Taiwanese student Kitty Pong, all from SNHU's Institute for Language Education. Hello, everybody. My name is Amanda Goyette, and I'm the co-producer of this Co-Design podcast, and I'm joined here with... Hi, my name is Rita Naughton, and I am an associate professor of TESOL in the Institute for Language Education. Hello, everyone. My name is Kitty Pong, and I'm Supamongkon. So I am a student in graduate school here. I'm from Thailand, and I am a student in MA TESOL. Hi, my name is Liege Schwartz, and I'm an associate professor, along with Professor Naughton, in the Institute for Language Education and I serve as its chair. So, after going through this episode, we realized we needed to obtain a glossary so that people can understand what we are talking about as we're going through this podcast. So Rita and Leeds are gonna tell you guys exactly what you need to know. Yes, hi, so uh, you will hear the acronym ILE. ILE stands for Institute for Language Education. You will also hear the acronym IEP. IEP stands for Intensive English Language Program. That is one of the programs that we house, that is housed in the Institute for Language Education and um, that we teach in. And we are teaching ESL students, English as a Second Language students. Um, Liege will continue and introduce a few more acronyms. Thank you. So you can see why we use a lot of acronyms. I teach in the ILE, uh, our MA TESOL program, which stands for Master of Arts in Teaching English as a Second or Other Language, along with MS TEFL, which is our Masters of Science in Teaching English as a Foreign Language, which is currently offered at a partner site in uh, Hanoi, Vietnam. We also mention a bridge program along with a pathway program. These are two terms that refer to specialized academic programs for international students in order for them to improve their academic English language proficiency before they begin a degree granting program at our university. Yes, and I just realized too, we use the term domestic students and domestic students are students that um, were born or raised in the United States. Um, so that term is used, in, and uh, the opposite of it is international. So we may say international and domestic students, and so that's what the domestic stands for. Um, 
some of you may say the regular students, but no, the, the students that were um, born in this country uh, probably live near, uh, live in towns nearby. And today we're here to talk about international experiences and also what it's like to just be teaching at SNU. Sure, uh, that sounds great. So I have been here at SNU since 2008. Um, I teach in the Institute for Language Education and I've had the wonderful experience of teaching uh, in the ESL program uh, also and we have a bridge program and in our Masters of TESOL program. Um, I've also had the opportunity to see students from all over the world. Thank you. All right, actually I'm a student here. So I am the first year student as uh, MA TESO, teaching in it at the second language. So I'm so excited to be here. And I think it's a great experience to be here because I got a lot of experience from the class and also I can apply to my class in Thailand because I'm now currently teaching at an online teacher. Yeah. Um, I believe you and I began working at this at the same time. You are correct. Yeah, yes. so, um, yeah, we've both been um, faculty here uh, since 2008. Yes. And uh, I, I teach with my colleague Rita. Um, same block of courses. Yes. Um, currently, I'm teaching a lot. Um, Gitti is my, my student in yeah. the TESOL <laughs> program, and uh, I enjoy teaching in our uh, other programs, like our uh, intensive English program, as well as our undergraduate language studies, our bridge programs as well. Okay, and for the teachers that are present, what's like your favorite part of working with international students? I truly enjoy their perspectives. Um, not only are they learning from me, but I'm also learning from them. Um, they are able to share their culture with me, and um, and because of that, you know, I I. I feel like I'm being introduced to a little bit of their country, and I also am able to reflect on uh, the culture of the United States, and uh, it's a wonderful exchange between the two of us, or, or all of us. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, 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 it's the same uh, thing that that attracts me. You know, it's it's like I always say that um, I can travel the world without leaving yes. home. Right? Um, we get students who not only come from just very interesting cultures and places, but interesting backgrounds. You know, um, some of the students that have passed through our program here at SNHU have been uh, top-rated newscasters in their country. They've been uh, television actors. They've been entrepreneurs. Um, they've been high-ranking military officers. Um, and, you know, everything in between. And it's just really amazing to hear uh, their backgrounds and just learn. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, great. One, uh, one treat is that uh, in the past we've had students that enter in our intensive English language program then, that then decide to uh, matriculate to enroll in our master's program. Uh, and then from there, once they graduate, um, they apply um, to teach in our ESL, our Intensive English Language Program again. So it's this cycle. And so we see the student come in a bit yeah. timid, oh. you know, um, and also uh, with the intention of building their uh, English language skills. And they get to the point that they have achieved that. Then 
they gain confidence. They uh, then decide, okay, I want to be an educator. I enjoy this. They go through our master's program, and then um, they are able to then teach for us, and they just become phenomenal teachers because of also the experience that they've had. Awesome. Okay. And what's your favorite part of being here at SNU? Of course, my professor. <laughs> yeah, because I, I got a lot of experience from them because I have been teaching in Thailand for a long time until I decided to be here to study MA TESO because I want to go back to Thailand and teach students. And then when I was in the class, I get a lot of knowledge. I told him that I got a lot of things from his class and then I took back to my class and I can improve not just only me, but I improve my student as well. My student tell me, they got a lot of improvement for me because like I was IT student for a long time and I know like how to handle with students but now I know more how to handle and it's got me a lot of better to teach students and to plan the class. I took the class from, uh, from him and then I took one class in curriculum design and I know how to handle with different students, how to know students, how to learn students and this is a great experience for me that I can bring back to the class. It's really inspiring how you came all the way from Thailand here yeah. because of your students. Yeah, I just of think course. that's amazing work. Yeah. So, we're just going to move on to, um, so for the teachers, mm -hmm. how is like working like with international students different than like when you're in a classroom with just like more local students? And if you guys have ever had classes, like I know you. Rita have experience with like mixed classes. Mm -hmm. So if you guys just want to talk about a that a little bit. Sure, would you like to start please? Um, actually, I'd like to toss it back to you because okay. you have such wonderful uh, <laughs> stories to tell about the partnerships we've had with our education students as sure. well as our comm students. So sure. I'm gonna toss it back to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, in our intensive English language program, uh, we've had the wonderful opportunity to work with professors uh, and their students, but uh, professors that teach in the undergraduate program and that um, teach courses that um, may have an international aspect, but their students are domestic students or students that have been, uh, were born or were raised in the United States. And so for us, um, we were able to plan uh, activities and or um, a collaboration in which we meet uh, our classes meet three times uh, a term or six times a semester mm -hmm. and um, the professors and I so we've had the opportunity to work with the communications professor professor Andrea Bart and also with education professors um, one being professor Mary Westwater and so uh, we what we do is we plan on when we're going to meet, uh, the activities that we're going to present to our students, and what day we're going to do this. And then on those days, we, um, we gather together uh, and we introduce these activities, but the best part is that we see our students communicating with one another, um, getting to know one another. Are, it's a huge uh, treat and a wonderful experience for our international students because they've made a huge investment to come to the United States to, um, to be apart from their family, to really immerse themselves in the American culture and American language. Uh, and so um, not only are they able to be in a classroom with students from another culture, but they uh, are able to be in a classroom with students 
uh, who have lived in this country, and so they're able to ask them the type of questions that they may not have an opportunity to ask us in class, but they are able to ask um, these students in a more informal, relaxed way. Uh, and the best part of this is that they form friendships, friendships that last beyond mm -hmm. uh, the, the classroom setting. Uh, you s sometimes I see them out outside, you know, um, so I see them maybe hanging out in the library or in the cafeteria, and that's the best part for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you brought up upon, you touched upon some really great points that uh, many times international education is unfairly, in my opinion, criticized as universities just trying to sort of pad their budgets and, you know, sort of easy money. But really, you know, if you're looking at campus as an intentional community where um, you're providing students with various opportunities, um, while you've talked about the, the benefits for our international students, international students' presence on campus is also highly beneficial for our domestic students in that it provides, you talked about the friendships, we've, we've talked about before, just like for us, for our domestic students, they get to meet people from places that they may never travel to on their own, and they have that experience uh, in classes along with, uh, you know, sort of the, the, how we learn to work together that is such a valuable part of a of higher education. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why people do go to college is to sort of gain those uh, skills. Um, it's even more important, I think, uh, to have international students in that mix is that we uh, provide opportunities for students to learn intercultural competence, right? The skills that they need to interact respectfully and meaningfully with people who have different uh, viewpoints, different values, right? And I believe that that's really needed in this world where you know we're becoming more nationalistic and, 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 and less cosmopolitan. We need those skills to realize, you know, you asked me the difference between domestic students and international students, and I would say there's more in common then there are differences, but the, where the differences are, they are meaningful and important, right? Um, I always say to my students when I'm teaching about intercultural competence and cultural values is that, you know, when we're all happy, when we're all sad, mm -hmm. we feel the same. It, it doesn't matter if you're in Shanghai or London or, you know, Madrid. Um, but what makes us happy, what makes us angry can differ based on sort of our cultural values. Kitty, I want to talk yes. about your experience here as a student, but also I want your experience as a student in Thailand as well. And then Lija, I want you to talk a little bit about your experience teaching in Thailand. Sure. Oh, okay, so starting for me, okay, as a, as a student here, I think like it is a lot difficult more in Thailand because the first thing that I have to do, I need to read a lot of books. Is it very important because apart from class, so I was designed to read a lot of book out of the class. I think this is good because when you read the book, you get a lot of experience. You get a lot of knowledge. Professor encourage us to read a lot of book because this is a lot of knowledge and experience. And also I can apply everything into my class. Back to, oh my God, I was graduated in 2018. <laughs> so it's a long time ago, but I can still remember everything when I was in Thailand. 
um, I don't think like professor will encourage me to read a lot of book because everything was planned for me. And I think the thing that I study at that time is it's more practical. I graduate something like tourism management. Is it not related to the thing that I study now? But again, I think like I use the same thing. Is it English because I study international in Thailand? So I think in Tha- back to Thailand. So when I study, so I just like re- I just not read a lot of book. But because everything is just only in the class, and apart from the card, it's just something like practical skill. But in here, I need to do read a lot of book, and also I need to. Get a lot of knowledge for my class. So, like homework, is it really something that's common in Thailand? Yeah, I don't have a lot of homework when I study in Thailand. But when I study here, I got a lot of ex- assignment. But it's great because assignment is something you can practice yourself. Mm-hmm. Is it not just only you just write everything? But is it about you can search more information out of the class? You can go to the library to search more information. But again, now nowadays, library in your is it in your laptop, so you can search information in there, and you can get a lot of like uh, research from uh, internet, and then you can use it in your research book or you can use it in your assignment. But back to my country, I don't think we get a lot of assignment. Yeah, but everything just like in the class, and then out of the class, students just like do nothing, <laughs> just like go for fun and thing like that. I think it's a lot of helpful for me to be here because I get everything what I want back to Thailand. That's awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know I think uh, what Kitty sort of related is the difference in what uh, we in the scholarly field refer to as ethnopedagogy. Right. You know it makes sense that at least to me that different cultures have different ideas of what it means to be a student, what it means to be. Uh, a teacher, like for example, in the United States, from middle school to high school on, we are trained in what I like to call sort of the seminar-style uh, model of of learning and teaching, where students are expected to do, you know, prepare by doing a lot of reading outside of class, and they have the expectation that they're coming into class and they will be asking teachers. Questions and participating in a conversation as a way to sort of demonstrate their knowledge, right? You know, we've all had that experience where in a class we just ask a question just to be like, "Hey, teacher, I did the reading." Not really, because it's a real question. I mean, we all know the game, but you know, but but that's really a very specific cultural way in North America to uh, demonstrate learning, right? In even in 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 Europe. Um, you have sort of the model where a lot of uh, higher education, um, you have very large lecture halls, and attendance is not mandatory. You know, all your grade is entirely based on sitting for the final examination, mm-hmm. and that grade that you you know you get is what you get. And so, if you attended the lectures or not, it doesn't matter. And so, Thailand, in my experience. Had a little of that. I taught at a large um, research university that um, specialized in robotics, and so yeah, a lot of this. There are no gen eds, and there are no uh, teaching. I'm sorry, uh, choosing courses from a course catalog. Um, your academic advisor, which is usually your teacher too, the faculty uh, takes a lot of sort of student affairs roles in Thailand mm-hmm. compared to the United States. Yes. So, like, if you're a mechanical engineering major, 
you already know what class you're going to take every semester for the four years. Mm-hmm. There's just no choice. And so there's no Gen X yes. as well. And so you're only taking courses that are relevant to your major, right? Because, you know, sort of as Gitti um, mentioned, uh, the, pur- you know, sort of the purpose of, of undergraduate education is slightly different. And when you're teaching a subject like English to engineers in another country, you have to kind of sell them on the importance of of studying the language when they may not necessarily see the relevance of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so where you can count on American students sort of coming in and trying to sort of, you know, you always have that group of students who are going to sort of be active in class and sort of show off what they know. Um, in, in Thailand, the way that you demonstrate being a studious pupil, in my experience, is listening to the teacher quietly, yes. taking a lot of notes, yeah. right? Getty shaking his head, right? <laughs> so I'm on the right, you know, which is, yeah. and, and not really challenging the teacher with a lot of questions, at least. Mm-hmm in class, right? They may approach you outside of class. So for me, yeah, sometimes I was talking straight for like two hours because I had to fill the dead air, you know? Yeah. yeah. No question from student. Very rare. Very, <laughs> Very rare. rare. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but there really is a distinct Western style of teaching and learning and an Eastern style of teaching and learning. Teaching and learning. And uh, recently I had the opportunity to teach in um, our master's program mm-hmm. uh, in Vietnam. So it is a master's of teaching English as a foreign language. And um, I actually taught a course where my students were teachers in either the elementary school, in high school, or even um, their adjunct teachers at the university there. But they uh, we're taking a class. Uh, my class was a techniques and strategies, strategies class in teaching reading and writing. Or another class I taught was a class in teaching grammar. And what I learned is that um, the reason that these teachers were so motivated in taking these classes is because they do want to introduce to their students a Western style of learning the language, of teaching the language. But mm-hmm. I'm aware of their Eastern style. And so I would have to ask them directly questions because out of respect, they would be listening and taking notes. And if I wanted their feedback, I would have to then directly ask them. Um, As as our teaching progressed, as our learning progressed, then I noticed from the students, they became more comfortable and then were more apt to ask questions and raise their hand. But at the very beginning, I knew that I had to um, initiate it, and then eventually they were comfortable, and then um, they started adopting more of a Western-style uh, approach to learning, mm-hmm. uh, and the techniques that I taught them, they mm-hmm. were very excited about because then they could take it back and teach it to their students. Yes. It's so interesting to get these perspectives from other cultures and just intercultural like experiences in general. And I really just wanted to thank all of you guys for being here today and sharing these amazing experiences with everybody. 
Yes. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah.